But what would the world look like if everyone was a bro? Bro, you know what I've been thinking a lot about lately? What you been thinking about, bro? Sorry, I'll never say that again. Yeah, never say that again. <laughs> um, first of all, I've been thinking about how you should never say that again. But second of all, and more important, when do you get to say you've been to a state? Like, how much time do you need to spend there? What, what like, level of connection do you need to have? Been to a state or, like, been like are, are from the state? Like, been to a state. Ooh, been to a state? I feel like I, I claim I've been to a lot of states, even though I've really just been there for a hot second. That's true, but should you be doing that? Does that I count? I don't know. I don't know. That's a good because one. But technically, like, like think about it this way, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you go, let's say you go to Safeway today, right? Mm-hmm. You go to Safeway, you pick up some, you know, you, you pick up some snacks, you pick up some goldfish, you pick up some, you know, cookies. Um, I actually did a, 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 a run to the Safeway for those very items the other day. Hey, uh, that's, <laughs> a, that's a great Safeway run. That's a great Safeway run. But, like, let's say you, you go to Safeway for, like, an sure. hour, right? as one does. And then you come back to campus. You're like... And somebody's like, hey, where you been? You're like, I've been at Safeway. Mm-hmm. Even though you're only there for an hour. So, like, theoretically. But you, you experienced pretty much all that Safeway has to offer. No, right? I just experienced the-, the goldfish and cookie section. No, 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 no. Think about it. Because, like, in order to get, like, the goldfish and cookies and other sh- you probably have to walk through most of the store to find that, right? Because you're not, no, used, bro, you're not used to that believe Safeway. Believe me, I know exactly where the goldfish <laughs> and cookies are. All right, maybe, maybe you know where the goldfish and cookies are. But, like, here's what I'm saying, right? One, of, one could make the argument. That one, one, I hate it California. when people say that. One could make the okay. One could make any I argument. I will make the argument. One could make the argument. I'm gonna slap you. That's I, just a way to take yourself out of something, so you don't have to be accountable if it's disagreeable. Okay, my friend made the argument last night. My friend. His name is Nicholas Sly. I'm calling him out. Shout out Nick Sly. No, no, you don't have to. Do okay, but he made. I the believe argument. it. I believe you. You have another friend besides me. Yeah, it's okay though. <laughs> um, I'm not jealous. I made the argument. I'm sorry. I love you. I love you too. He made the argument last night that he has been to zero states, even though he grew up in Georgia and now lives in California. Because his argument, which I buy and I think is valid, is that like in California, for instance, he's experienced Northern California and he's experienced Southern California, but he hasn't like lived in or been to or really like knows what the is going on in Central California, right? So has he really been to California? But then has anybody really been to any state? Like, no, that's the I, point. If, if that's the case, I've only ever... No, it's such bullshit. Have like, you been to Maine? Yes. It, I've definition. been to every single town in Maine. So mm-hmm. yes, I've been to Maine. Okay. I think, I think I'm willing to say I've been to Michigan too. I, but like, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't agree. I like, frankly, You don't agree because you want to feel worldly, but yes, should you yes. agree? In, but, brr, but, but, okay, here's what I'm saying. Let's say Nick, Nick has been to I don't know how many other like or he's he's touched down his foot has touched down in probably Georgia California and probably other states yeah right 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 if he's saying he's been to no states and we're using that as a measurement of how worldly he is mm-hmm. then technically he's equally as worldly as somebody who literally has never stepped foot outside of one block because they too have been to zero states so if it's been to is a measurement of how global how worldly how experienced how much time people have spent in other measures or in, in other states then it's just 
it, it's it's creating false equivalencies of how Ooh. much time people are, and how much experience they've had in specific places. Maybe what we need, actually, I just thought of this when you were saying that. Maybe what we need is like, it's because right now it's a binary thing, right? Like either you've been to a state or you haven't. But I could say like I've been to probably eighty percent of Michigan and like thirty percent of California. Dude, I have this crazy idea for things to not be binary. Uh huh. You could say I've been to the state for this amount of time. Wait. What? Whoa. But nah, but like, I could go visit. <laughs> or this many places. I could go like, visit, let's say Athens, Georgia. That's where Nick is from. Shout out Athens, Georgia. But I dude, could. I don't know why we're giving Nick so much airtime. Not going to lie. Because Nick is a great friend and <laughs> person mean, and human being. Okay. Great. Shout out Nick's live. <laughs> Congrats, Nick. You're on the phone. <laughs> but let's say Athens, Georgia, right? Like, you can have been, maybe you went and visited Athens, Georgia for a month, but you never stepped foot outside of the city limit of Athens, Georgia, right? Sure. And you spent all your time at the University of Georgia. Sure, sure, sure. Versus. If I went and did a road trip throughout all of Georgia for a week, I would argue that makes me more well-versed in Georgiaology versus spending a month in Athens. Okay, first of all, it's Georgiaology. Georgiaology? Yeah. No, that's the study of George. Oh, yeah. We should really play that. You know that clip from SpongeBob, the Wombology? No, I don't know. We need to play that. Wombology? The study of Wombo? It's first grade, SpongeBob. Patrick, I'm sorry I doubted you. I really need to get back up on my SpongeBob. You really do. I've been lacking on SpongeBob lately. I don't know, dude. I honestly, I just think this is, I think this is pointless. I think you're pointless. Wow, that actually cut me kind of deep, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> and actually, cutting people kind of deep is very well connected to this episode, which is the second part of a two-part series. Wait, I'm not fully satisfied with this conversation okay. though, because like, okay, the other piece of this, you ruined a good segue, but continue. Don't worry, dude. We'll think of another segue. Okay. Um, the other piece of this is. When do you get to say that you're from a state? And this is actually, this is a very controversial thing, especially I would imagine in Michigan. (sighs) It is very controversial in Maine. Um, Really? Yes. If you're not from Maine and have like generations back or like people will consider you like lesser. Like we use this term like out of stater Mm -hmm. to like, and it's actually a big problem. We use this term like, oh, they're they're not from around here or like they're they're out of staters to like degrade people when they do something that isn't in touch with the community or like oh. to like shame people. And like it, it creates all this effects where like we're not welcoming to people. We don't like let people feel like they're part of the culture unless they've lived literally their entire lives there. Mm-hmm. And like yes I have a lot of pride in Maine, like so much argue I, I would argue more than anybody. But at the same time, I think we need to be humble enough that we're willing to let other people take on that identity in order to become part of our state and become uh, and make our state better as a result of their presence. We shouldn't be we shouldn't be stigmatizing people just because they weren't they weren't Ooh. arbitrarily born in one place. That's interesting. I have a very different take with Detroit. In okay. Detroit, there's this term called "quote unquote" new Detroiter, right? Mm-hmm. And basically, it's used to describe. Basically, it's used to describe like the gentrification force that's currently moving into downtown and midtown, mm-hmm. right? And so, I think for a use like that, like pointing out that even though even like their kids are going to be called new Detroiters because like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, they can't understand like that essence of struggle and resilience, which like is what the city of Detroit embodies, yeah. right? And like I use new Detroiter to roast people, and I haven't lived a single day in Detroit. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like the, I feel like there's the, uses. The thing is though, that like I feel like the fundamental difference is like Detroit is worse off, potent, like quote unquote worse off, maybe to some extent because of their presence, right? Mm-hmm. 
like we actually need people you know right. what i mean like we're better off if a single more additional person comes you know mm-hmm. what i mean I can buy that. I mean, Detroit does need people too, but so. But I, like, I guess this goes back to the question of like, like truly, like at the at the heart of it, regardless of whether it's Michigan, Maine, California, mm-hmm. Athens, Georgia, like at what point do you become from a place, or does a like, or do you become part like part of a place? You know, I think it's when when an outsider asks you a question and you can answer it and know what the f- you're talking about. I think that's when you're from a place. Mm. So like, if someone asks me like. Like, people back home, when I go back home, people ask me all the time, like, what is it like out there in the Bay? And, like, I can answer them, but it's always, like, this is through my lens. I don't know if this is really right. Like, if people ask me a question about, especially Ann Arbor Ipsy, but really, like, Southeast Michigan, like, I can answer them and be pretty sure I know what the f*** I'm talking about. Last time I talked to a friend from home, they <laughs> they didn't ask me how is the Bay. They just asked me, are you gay yet? <laughs> I was like, all right. That's how, that's how they do it in Maine, I guess. That was actually a prime example of um, bullying. I felt like I was bullied in that moment. Ooh, there's a lot we need to unpack there, actually, because why is it the implication that you're gay? Why does that imply bullying? And, like, it clearly does, like, in that specific main context. It has to do with the intent. I mean, bullying, mm -hmm. like, it's about intent, right? Right. So it's not like, like, it's like, like, when people say, like, oh, that's gay, Mm -hmm. like, when when we call that an insult... It's not because being gay is a bad thing. It's because the in the eyes of the person who said it, it's a bad thing. Right. Okay. So it's like it's it's internalized like within the language. It, it's it's, it's a, like the attitude is coming out through the language. Exactly. Not, right. Okay. Because they could have just as well called you, you know, some something that is actually bad. You know, right. in their mind. Mm-hmm. Right. Today's topic is the second one of a two-part series. Not part. Not to be confused with part one. Not to be confused with part one. If you want to listen to part one, go listen to our episode from last week. Yeah, yeah, but that's not to be confused with this one, which is actually the second part. Mm -hmm. I believe they call it part two. Part two. They are actually independent parts, though. You can listen to one without having listened to the other. So if this sounds interesting to you and you don't want to go back and listen to part one, stay right in your seat. Mm -hmm. Um, This is our week's episode on bullying transitioning from last week's episode on insecurity yeah we have a great episode coming up for no you no it, the episode already started that's like it's a great episode like you say that at the beginning but this is like we have episode. a great episode in progress for you today yeah, there yeah we the, go. Ep- the great better. episode is going on you're in you're you better you're enjoying this right now you yeah better be better be, you better be all right you're gonna listen and you're gonna like it hey that's right. bullying oh, you're right man i really just wow. myself. <laughs> that's better bro we're bullying on a on podcast about bullying but really i was just saying that as an example of mm-hmm. of the kind of harmful effects that can, that can come from bullying. right so evan were you bullied and what was the extent of it yes let's see the first time i felt like i was really bullied was in third grade when this kid i'm gonna shout him out because i no, really... no 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 we don't do that okay first I'm, name first first name, name. his name was that's for... so, so like if people know you they know who that is like, yeah it's not like a, it's not like it's matt or something you know right like, yeah so yeah. anyway this kid I feel like we should use a code name, but... Whatever. All right, we can we can bleep it out. Okay. He, back in third grade, we were, like, all just chilling on the playground. There was ice out, right? And so what we were doing was taking these sticks... Dude, and, like, bro, hitting chilling the, on the playground. Uh, five feet apart. Yeah. Um, But anyway, we were just hitting the ice with these sticks, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And at one point, he just starts saying, like... And I didn't know what this word meant at that time, but he just started saying the N-word. Really? And I was like, but... Wow. And in third grade? In third grade. Jesus. And was he saying it at you? Well, at first he was just saying it. Then he started saying it at me. And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know what that means. And he was like, and then, well, I'll never forget what he said after that, which is like, 
a black man always knows what, and like I'm not black, so this didn't even make sense. Mm-hmm. But he said, "Oh, a black man always knows what that word means." And then my best friend, he said that to you. Or yeah, he said like, that to me. Yeah. And then my best friend, like, tried to come in and defend me, but just said, "Like, no, nah, he's not black. He's red." And like that was the whole f- conversation. And your your friend, your probably friend probably meant that in a, like in a defensive way. He meant that in, in a weird, in a weird way. way. In, a, right. in a like a in like because like in a weird little kid kind of in way. like a weird little kid like I'm in third grade and I don't know what I'm supposed to say right now kind mm-hmm. of way. Um, so that was the first time. Uh, what was your like first experience with bullying? My first experience with bullying. Oh man, I really should have thought about this, Bruh. <laughs> it's mm. The bullying episode. You gotta have this shit ready. I know, dude. I'm so focused on you, dude, because I, I, I just I care about you. So I care much. about you too. Don't touch me. Hey, God, I was patting your shoulder. <laughs> it was way too hard. I'm sorry. Oh my God. Um, my first experience with bullying. Three hours later. So like when you go when you got to first grade, right? Like you obviously like you're supposed to play with the, like first graders mm-hmm. instead of like kindergartners. But they had already formed like all the like social circles and stuff. So like when I went on the playground, I remember there was like a sandbox, you know, mm-hmm. and. There were all these kids, like, playing in the sandbox. And, like, I know, like, I'm not this, like, quietest, like, you know, shyest person now. But, like, mm-hmm. I was, like, kind of shy back then. I was, like, really? I was also, like, a lot smaller. Like, I was way younger than people. Mm-hmm. All right, sorry, way smaller than people. I was, like, just, like, me versus, like, a first grader was, like, a big difference at that point. Uh, I was basically, like, just, like, a fetus still. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, as, as one is in first grade. <laughs> and then I, I just remember, like, being, like, excluded, like, from the sandbox, even though, like, I tried to play. Um, and then, like... I was just, like, very insistent upon, like, continuing to be around them because I just, I just wanted to be accepted. And I remember it ended with me. I was, like, one kid, like, took me and, like, threw me out of the sandbox and then, like, took, like, a bunch of sand and, like, threw it, like, in my eyes. Ooh. Yeah. Ow. Yeah, it was pretty evil. How did that make you feel? Oh, I felt I felt great. I felt so good about myself. I'm, like, I'm the coolest kid in first grade. Um, no, I, I was really upset. Um, I definitely cried a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, not just because there was sand in my eyes. Um. But honestly, I felt like a social outcast. And, like, honestly, for the entirety of first grade, I felt like a social outcast. Wow. Has there been any time where, like, you've been on the other side of that in your life? Where I've been on the other side? Uh, oh, yeah, I beat up my friends all the time when I was in middle school. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, for sure. Sometimes. I would, like, get in fights with some of my friends. I'd also get beat up a lot because, like, I was still small in middle mm-hmm. school. I don't know. When I got to when I got to middle school, like, I definitely had, like, a, like a gang, kind of. Um, and there was, like, kind of, like, an opposing gang, I would say. Mm-hmm. And, like, we just got in fights all the time. Oh, um, wow. And so, like, just like over like small, oh, yeah, for sure, like basketball, Mm -hmm. like a four square, that kind of stuff. And yeah, I mean, I would get in fights with my friends, even like wrestling fights and stuff like that. It didn't really feel quite as much like bullying, though. Yeah, I don't know. What about you? Ooh, that's tough. In sixth grade, I was just a really, yeah. Um, and like, I think actually, this goes back to a lot of what we talked about last week. I had this one really smart friend, and I wanted to like, and he was seen as like universally like the smartest kid in the grade right Mm -hmm. and I wanted to be like him and so my strategy towards that was like a just trying to flex like what little I knew which at that point was not that much because I was in sixth grade right Mm -hmm. Um, so you wanted to be the smart kid when you were in sixth grade yeah well I wanted to be I wanted to be both it was weird I wanted to be everything um but so I did that and then also like I think sort of another way I went towards that was just like I like did I made them feel stupid and like, like it was what? it like wasn't because I was smarter than them like I don't what? I'm trying to think of a specific example like bro you when, have it in your mind I whenever mean, I, whenever like we'd be working in a group project I would just like do all of the shit. and like whenever they did it I would just redo it and like it, my the things I did wasn't any better but it was just like I wanted it to be mine right and like mm. I had to have it my way almost 
No, I totally I get what you're saying. It's it's interesting dynamic though because oftentimes when I got to high school, I felt like I wanted to be a smart kid, but that was also um, um, something that resulted in like getting bullied, kind of. Right. Wait. That's yeah. That's super interesting. Like the different those different contexts almost. I think I think for me it was like it was a specific like sub circle and like the the general like yeah. the general school culture was like the same as that, but but like middle school's f- confusing, right? Because yeah. like especially like there are, of course yes there are people who are like definitively bullies and definitively mm-hmm. you know people who are who are who are bullied, but in between that right like there's a lot of f- gray area where I feel like I was like kind of shifting around. Like there were definitely times when I like remember like I was. A in middle school too I don't want to I don't want to like brush over that and make it seem like I wasn't but like when you're in that kind of middle area right like I don't know some like I definitely remember instances where I was like totally like a bystander I also remember right. instances where I was like an upstander and like sat with the kid that nobody would sit with at lunch I also remember instances where like I felt like I was at risk of like becoming the kid that was bullied and like because of that it was like a to someone else you know Right, like, it's especially like, compared to high school like it's just so much more fluid like there's so much more movement between like the different rules. I feel like what we're dancing around is just the fact that middle schoolers are d- middle schoolers are. D- Shout out middle schoolers for being. <laughs> d- no, but I like it's like think about it, right? Like I'm not I'm not pre med or anything, but like I know I know a bit about about the human specimen, okay. and like kids have like insane amount insane amount of hormones at that time, right? right? Like they're dealing with all sorts of like and body like their bo- issues. Their body's like, like ahead of their mind almost. Right, and they're so confused by like what's going on with their bodies what's going on with their friends what's going on with their families like where do you even fit in this like weird structure right and when can i play Fortnite? you know yeah exactly like (laughs) no that's so true it's like like they're almost like like, they become self self aware like i'd say you become self-aware in like fourth or fifth grade and then by the time you hit like sixth grade what is self-awareness though like what even is that it's like you realize that you're like a human with the power to impact other people but then you get to like sixth grade and you don't know what the to do with it yeah I don't know. I don't know. Some, some, I think sometimes that self-awareness does develop at different times for different people, though. Yeah. Wait, explain. Like, I definitely think a lot of people are still not self-aware today. Like, you, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. But it's a um, different degree of not self-aware, I'd say. I agree with that. But, you know, like, I mean, people like that, like, sometimes you say, like, they're, like, a, a man who never grew up or something like that. That's true. That's true. What is the most, like, if you feel comfortable, sh- the most that you feel comfortable sharing of impactful, like, bullying experiences for you i'd say 10 9th and 10th grade hockey locker room especially 9th grade mm-hmm. um because i went from being like in 8th grade my nickname on the hockey team was tank like i was the big guy i was the enforcer mm-hmm. right because it was 8th grade house hockey yeah like you didn't need house be, hockey you did not need to be good you no. just needed to be big and i was big mm-hmm. um so 9th grade i came in with that style of play i was by far the slowest kid on the team i was really? by far or I, I was also the weakest kid on the team. I was, like, the fattest kid on the team. I was, like... Wait, how are you the enforcer, then? Uh, not in ninth grade. I was the enforcer in eighth grade. Oh, and then man. I came in, and I just, like, was terrible. And then on top of that, I had a bunch of other stuff going on this year. So, like, I missed a bunch of stuff. So I was just, like, a complete outsider in that locker yeah. room. Like, I, w- I was, like... pariah. Yeah, exactly. Like, I was, I was just, like, the running joke. Yeah. Um, that sucks. And then by 10th grade, like, I came in, and I'd gotten a lot better by that point. Like, I was getting minutes. But I was still, like... That kid, and then on top of that, like I just had a very sort of different worldview than a lot of them, right? And so I remember, like that was that was the year of like the twenty sixteen election, right? Um, and so like, and I played on like a pretty much all white Catholic hockey team, um, mm-hmm. and like I'm my political views are very far left, so like I caught a lot of for that too. Mm-hmm. And then, I, at the end of the day, I realized like 
kids on the team were like using me like both emotionally and like physically and I was just mm. like done with it and so mm. I quit. I think it made me it made me think a lot about actually what it means to be a man. Mm. Where do you think like I mean like bro culture plays into a lot of like bullying, right? Like right. honestly like yeah, like ideas around masculinity like inform a lot of male bullying, I think. Right. Are, are there like before we get more into that actually what was your example? Oh, I for like sure. we can build um, on that too. I think most impactful was probably watching, like, one of my best friends, like, get, like, pretty severely bullied. Mm-hmm. She, like, I don't know, like, I think a lot of times in high school, like, it's very common that, like, rumors are, like, spread about it, like, a girl or right. something, right? Yeah. And rumors with, like, very serious implications mm-hmm. um, were spread about, like, one of my one of my best friends. Um, and, like, which, A, like, weren't true, but, like, even right. if they were true, like, it just, like... I don't want to say, like, ruined her life, but, like, just made her feel so sh- for, like, a very long amount of time. Um, and, like, even, like, some of her closest friends, like, kind of, like, abandoned her, like. Wow. And, like, just, like, the sh- things you can think That's of. brutal. Yeah, it was, like, early high school. Like, just the shittiest things you can think of. Um, and, like, as a result of it, like, it just had huge effects on her. Um, and I think just, like, seeing that is, is crazy. I don't know. Like, I, I luckily, like, didn't experience something to that extent. But it's, like, it's crazy, like, what bullying can actually do to people, you know? I feel like that's actually completely separate from, like, what we were just talking about, too. Like What? Like, bro culture. Like, because I feel like so much bullying is caused by bro culture, but, like, that's completely separate from that. I think it's still part. I think it's all, really? like, somewhat connected, yeah. Because, like, I don't know, like, guys definitely, like, guy, like, the ways that guys act definitely has an effect on the way that girls act, too, you know? Like... Her friends who were girls were, like, being exclusionary, right? But, like, they also, like, didn't want to be affiliated with her because, like, it was a bad image for, like, being around guys. Like, stuff like mm-hmm. that, you know? Right, okay. Um, which I don't, I, I don't know. It's You're, you're right, though. It doesn't directly impact, like, it no, doesn't actually, directly impact. Now that you say culture. that, I guess it does. Wow. And, like, how did you, as a friend, like, what did you have to do to, like, support her? Uh, I mean, I wasn't nearly as good as, like, I could have been. Mm-hmm. You know, like, not nearly as good as I could have been. I just, like, continued to be her friend. That's it. Like, looking back, I don't think I handled it nearly as well as I could have, but I, or nearly as well as I should have, probably as well as I could have, being my dumb self at the time. I don't know. I feel like one of the biggest things with bullying is that sometimes being there is just the most important thing. Yeah, I think so, too. But, the, like, let's get back to what we yeah, were getting at thing. before. Yeah. Um, like, I think that bro culture does inform, like, a lot of, or, like, I, ideas of masculinity inform, right. like, a lot of what bullying, like, a lot of bullying that occurs. Yeah, especially, like, the idea of, like, showing strength. Yeah. Like, I, I think for me, it's especially, like, has to do with the emphasis on strength. I feel like we have this misconception that, like, being a real guy is, like, asserting your dominance over other guys. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. You know? Or over other people in general. That's definitely been my experience, at least in my life. Yeah, like, anytime, totally. Anytime that, like, I've either, like, bullied someone or, like, made some or, like, been bullied by someone, it's, yeah. like, been because I was either, like, someone else was insecure about their strength and, like, took it out on me, or I was insecure about my strength and took it out on them. And it's really, like, it's that's terrible because, like, right. honestly, in that scenario, no, it ends it ends well for nobody, right? Because, like, if you have to assert your dominance over somebody to, like, have some sort of confidence factor yourself or some sort of confidence yourself, then, like, that is, you're clearly not in a good mental state, and then you're like destroying somebody else, too, you know? Yeah. So it's, like, it's just, like, these dynamics that, like, exist, but if we could potentially in some way like redefine those dynamics, right? Like I would say like bullying at its most basic level is one person asserting power over 
um, another in such a way that like negatively affects them, right? Like at its most broad definition, mm-hmm. in 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 Webster. Um, in in Webster. In Webster. You just have the Webster dictionary. Yeah, yeah. And we equate bullying with like being like a popular kid or being like a bro or being like a cool kid, right? Right. But like, what? Like, how could that be redefined? You know? Yeah. And like, how can that be redefined without bullying the bullies to some extent? I think bullies should be bullied. Really? No, I take it back. They shouldn't because a lot of bullies are a result of being bullied. Like, right. Bull- bullying a bully creates a bigger bully. You know? Yeah, and then you just like get like bullies building off bullies until you have like these uber bullies. But if 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 everyone, oh, interesting question. If everyone was a bully, wouldn't nobody be a bully? If everyone's a bully, the world is. Yeah, the world is just. I do constant. not want to live in that world. The world is just burning. Yeah, if everyone's a bully, like, look out your window. But what would the world look like if everyone was a bro? Ooh. That's so tough, especially because, like, we just talked about that connection to masculinity, right? Mm. But if but ev- we're talking about our we're redefined... Talking, we're talking about our redefined healthy version of a bro. Yeah. That, like, you had that really good definition of. Yeah, I'm actually going to bring that up real quick. Okay. But but keep, go- keep going. Yeah, I feel like if everyone was a bro, if everyone was your ki- or our kind of bro... Or, like, the kind of bro that we want to see, I guess, is the way to say that. Like, I don't know. It'd be it'd be people supporting each other's insecurities. And I think that's, like, the heart of the problem, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we need to be at, in a situation where people are willing to, like, A, accept their own insecurities for, like, what they are and, like, seek out support. And that people aren't going to, like, stigmatize that. Okay. Um, this is... This uh, is our definition of, a bro. of the redefined bro yeah um and this is uh, a quote that we offered um to the stanford daily in an article that was written about us the other day flex 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 flex, flex. uh being a bro potter said to the daily uh is, <laughs> <laughs> is doing the right thing being loyal to those you love keeping other people safe bringing love to the world having emotions questioning things being intellectual not being afraid of being feminine not being afraid of being masculine being a bro is doing everything you can to be your best self. I love it. I think the one thing I would add to that last sentence is doing everything you can to be your best self and to bring up others. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I that, that's implied in the rest. No, no. I, I agree, though. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. And there's there's obviously things we get add to that, and there's obviously, like, that's not a perfect definition. But I feel like we often just equate bro with, like, part of being a bro is, like, bullying others, you know? Right. And, like, I'm not suggesting that we don't, like, you know, sh- on our friends and like, right. like you know the old saying like oh that's just bro talk right yes but i think that's often miscon i think that's often not used in the proper way i agree you know what i mean i agree but that's the connotation it carries yes yes i agree but i'm not but what i'm not saying is not i, I am not saying that we should like not roast our friends and yes. like because like i wrote like i roast friends all the time yeah and honestly like like that's a way of bonding for me it's honestly. a way it is a way of bonding like gen- like I think that's how you know when you have a true friend. And this is what makes it so tough is, like, you know you have a true friend where you can both, like, give each other and then come away laughing and be getting closer. But the key— but where do you draw that, that line? Well, I think where you draw that line is you don't roast somebody who—like, where you draw that line has to do with power dynamics, right? Like, one of the things I was mentioning or that I, I, I kind of mentioned is about, like— the, the ba- my my basic understanding of like bullying is that like there is already a power dynamic. It's right. one person asserting power over another. Mm-hmm. So like I feel like for like you know sh- people to actually like where it can like actually be fun, it's like like you have to be on like a level playing field. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if I got roasted by like you know someone who I was like f- like scared of, like that wouldn't be that would be bullying. You know. But if I got roasted, if so, if my best friend said the same like roasted me in the same exact way, I don't think that'd be bullying. 
I agree with that. Like, some of the sh- especially that, like, for those of you who go to Stanford, that Jonathan has said about me, like... Jonathan? It, yeah. Like, John? Yeah, like, John. John Yonte? Yeah. Yeah. Like, some of this... John, I probably butchered your last name, dude. We've yeah. literally been best friends for, like, months, and, like... Oh, you've been I, best I, friends with him. So sad. Um, One tier. <laughs> oh, my God. Bro. <laughs> Chill. No, I'm kidding. I, I love you. I love you, too. Um, I love you, too, John. Say his last name. Um, Ayuente. Wow, you... <laughs> but, like, some of the he has said to me about me has just been brutal. Like, I will come away internally, like, questioning my deepest self. He's a roast machine. He is a Low roast key. machine. But, like, you know that he's doing it out of love. Yeah. And that's... And, and you know that he's doing it out of love, and at the end of the day, he doesn't have any power over me. And One time, though, I did feel like he was bullying me, which was when he just destroyed me, like, five times in a row in FIFA. And I felt like in that moment, our power dynamic switched immediately. And all of a sudden... He was bullied to me. Yeah, and actually there was one time where he was saying stuff about me, and there was like a gang of like four of our other friends behind him being like, yeah, that's right, <laughs> get that, him, John. Was that in the gang? You were. Oh, f- yeah, <laughs> it's good. But that time I biked away, and I was like, oh, man, <laughs> like I got to do some self-reflection. Wait, that's so funny. Um, but yeah, anyways, um, I think we should introduce our, our uh, yes, incredible guest. we have an amazing guest this week. Um, her name is... Natalie Hampton, and she is the founder of an amazing organization called. She's a she's a freshman here, first of yeah. all. But in high school, she founded this amazing organization slash startup slash nonprofit. I don't really know what to call it. Yeah, I think it's a nonprofit. Okay, but it's called Sit With Us, and the basic idea is it's a digital platform that can connect kids who can sit alone. Kids who are currently sitting alone at lo- at lunch. Sit with us. The first step uh, to a more inclusive community can begin with lunch. Is their logo? That is. Or their, is there is there um, what is that called? Slogan. Slogan. Yeah. Um, and they yeah, have so sick graphic design. On they the do. Flyers. They really do. Um, but yeah, we're super stoked to be um, chatting with Natalie about some of her experiences as well as her incredible work. Um, but first, we have a message from our sponsor. Our sponsor for this week is Vermont Nut Free Chocolates. Vermont Nut Free Chocolate has a special place in Evan and my heart uh, because we are both allergic to peanuts, um, and I would beg my mom constantly as a kid to get Vermont Nut Free Chocolate. Same. Um, it is the the like the ch- eating chocolate equivalent to like I don't just to letting to, out a big yell. Yeah, and, and you know, or it's like you know how sometimes <laughs> I was gonna say something else. I was gonna say something else too. <laughs> you you can probably fill in the blank. Yeah, Vermont nut free chocolate. Yeah, is, is the equivalent to another well, no, great feeling. There's only one nut that comes with a Vermont nut free chocolate. That's disgusting. You are a pervert. And you said that. I didn't say it. You, you said, said it. You, I, you thought it. Said, I thought about okay, it. Okay, that's that's fine. Anyways, that's fine. we're trying to get Vermont nut free to sponsor us. Yeah. Um, so so if you could if you could add them on social media mm-hmm. or just like send them a letter on our behalf. That'd be sick. That would be amazing. Vermont Nut Free Chocolates just made, were such an integral part of my childhood. Like, it, it was, we, we only got it on special occasions, but on Easter, we'd get these, they had these eggs, right? Mm-hmm. And it's this, like, half Easter egg, and then inside of it is, like, you know how Crunch Bars have that crispy rice? They put that same crispy rice in, but the chocolate was just, like, so, like, melty and creamy around it. It was just, it was delicious. Delish, delish. Delish, delish. Shout out Vermont Nut Free Chocolates.
We're in the studio with very special guest today, a uh, freshman at Stanford. Who Natalie Hampton. I think Evan and I are both super big fans of her work. Um, Natalie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, my name is Natalie. I'm a freshman here at Stanford, and um, I'm a psychology major, also on the pre-med track, so we'll see where that goes. That's a lot. Yeah, uh, wow. <laughs> I took a psych intro sem, and that was kind of cool. It was, it was, that was a great intro sem. It really was. But psych major, damn. Uh, but yeah, Natalie is uh, the founder of an incredible uh, program and nonprofit called Sit With Us. Um, can you just like broadly fill in, like I know a lot, of, uh, a lot about it from reading, but fill in listeners a little about what Sit With Us does? Yeah, so Sit With Us is a free nonprofit and mobile app that's available on every device, and it seeks to um, help bullied or lonely kids find someone to sit with at lunch so that nobody has to sit alone. Wow. So, so how did you come up with, with this idea? So I went through a pretty horrible bullying experience in middle school where on top of being physically attacked and verbally bullied, I pretty much sat at lunch alone every single day. Mm. And that experience was so isolating for me. And so when I was able to switch schools and start off in a much nicer community, anytime I saw someone sitting alone, I'd always invite them over to my table. And those are some of my closest friends. So it really showed me that a simple act of kindness can make such a huge difference in someone's life. What, like, motivated you to, or, like, what was, like, the moment where you knew you wanted to, like, take it sort of beyond that individual level? Well, once I got the chance to kind of start over in a new school, I honestly felt really guilty because Mm. I got this second chance that a lot of kids don't get. Mm. And so I was dealing with this guilt for a really, really long time, and it really wasn't until the end of my sophomore year in high school that I really came up with a formative plan to do something about it Mm. and make a change. Yeah. What do you think, like, just going, because you're a psychology major, which I feel like ties in really interestingly to this, um, what, like, what does it do to a kid psychologically, like, when they are sitting, like, by themselves? Because, like, that's obviously a feeling, but, like, what does it actually do to them? I just think it's really, really isolating. I would honestly say that that was more harmful than any of the other physical bullying because it really showed me that I wasn't seen at all, that I was just completely invisible and that there was no one there to talk to or who would be in my corner. And so that's really really damaging for a person that's crazy like more more than like even like physical violence yeah yeah because i think that even if you're being bullied physically you still kind of have this feeling that someone will see that it's wrong someone Mm -hmm. will say something but when everyone around you is just walking past and not even acknowledging your existence Mm -hmm. i feel like that's so much worse it's like uh it's like physical violence in the mind almost right (laughs) like they're just like taking a hammer but to your brain that's crazy that's wild I think just, like, the general picture that bullying that people have in their mind is, like, getting beat up on a playground. So, like, sitting alone, be- getting beat up on a playground, like, what are some other forms that this takes? I would just like to say I got beat up on a playground one, playground one time, and it was not fun. I didn't enjoy it at all. I'm so sorry. Um, I think that bullying can take all sorts of forms. I think now that we've sort of moved out of the high school setting, a lot of it is more, like, exclusion and, like, friend group type drama and that kind of thing, which can also feel really isolating, but it doesn't have to come to physical blows. I think that another thing that's like, seems really sh- to me about bullying, like, I don't know how it would play in at Stanford, but, like, I rem- the thing that I remember about, like, middle school and, like, especially high school bullying is, like, there's, like, so many bystanders as well. Like, it almost makes me more mad, like, thinking about people who, like, see that kind of shit 
going on and like don't do something about it you know yeah that's exactly why i wanted to create an app because i felt like if i didn't do anything with this kind of like new lease on life that i got Mm -hmm. by starting over in a new school then i was Mm -hmm. just as bad as all those people who saw me getting hurt and said Mm -hmm. nothing Mm -hmm. and so what i wanted to do with sit with us is that i know that in every single school there is someone who is open to making new friends it's just hard to identify them and they often get stuck in being a bystander Mm -hmm. and so i want to empower them to make a positive difference in their communities it's like physically like turning bystanders like into upstanders yeah exactly damn that's like a crazy that's like a crazy idea because i feel like oftentimes we put the onus on like like i like i often do like put the onus on like bystanders to stand up but oftentimes it feels like it's like right like sometimes you don't know how yeah how would you say like this app teaches bystanders how to stand up then um, it just kind of gets them into this habit by saying, like, my name is this. I'm sitting here at this time. Um, it's used as, like, a lunch planning tool. So all those people um, in those schools who are open to making new friends are just using it to coordinate lunches with their own friends. They don't even realize that it has the ability to help other mm. people. So it's helping them um, connect with their friends. But at the same time, it's teaching them that with every lunch that they plan, they have the possibility to do something really great for someone else in their community. Yeah. And so... Um, by taking those small steps, it trains them to be nicer in and out of the classroom. Hmm. Do you think, this is just something like psychologically something I've been really interested in. Do you think like bullying is different like among boys versus girls? Like especially at that age? I definitely would say so. The school that I was bullied at was actually an all-girls school. Oh, and wow. I definitely really? think that that contributed to it, although a lot of it had to do with the school community. Uh-huh. I think that with girls, there is a lot more psychological torment. and. Really? Um, kind of in-group, out-group dynamics, whereas what I've heard with boys a lot is that it, it comes to more physical blows, but then yeah. they make up and get on with it much faster. Huh. That's really interesting. So do you find that, like, like what is this? Do you find that there are, like, gender dynamics when you're, like, trying to solve this issue as well? Definitely. I think that um, it affects both genders, though, and mm-hmm. it affects all genders, and it really... Um, disproportionately affects people who aren't even on the gender spectrum and so i think that um on the other side of that anyone can kind of be that person can be an upstander and can Mm -hmm. be on the other side to help make a difference evan i'm curious do you ever eat lunch alone at stanford uh yeah god you freaking loser (laughs) hey no, you, just, you wrote totally in joking. the notes for this interview. I eat lunch alone sometimes. No, so I, I, I'm, I'm a totally loser. Joking. You're a loser too. I'm totally joking. I eat lunch alone like all the time at Stanford. It's not like a, I, like I, it's not like a, like, it's not like I think it's a little different at Stanford. Yeah. Like it's not like you know like either you're like in a lunch table at like a specific time. Um, but I also think like it is kind of eating lunch alone at like in college too. Like just even if it's like just because of logistical issues. Right. Or like I think especially like adult life, just seeing. I, f- I feel like so few adults actually eat lunch with other people. You think so? Like, now that I think about it, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you think, like, do you think this kind of model of, like, connecting people could be used to solve, like, I don't know, like, this is a small issue of, like, eating lunch alone at Stanford, but, like, broadly issues of, like, you know, connecting people when, like, a lack of connection exists but, like, could exist? Yeah, so um, when I released it with us, we marketed it towards middle schools, Mm -hmm. high schools, elementary schools, that kind of thing. And then we started getting these really strange reports of adults using it. Um, Like the nurses at my local hospital, UCLA Hospital, are Uh using it to coordinate their shifts. It's being used at places of worship, convention centers, workplaces. It's kind of adapted itself into all these situations that I didn't expect at all. But it also kind of shows that because it's such a bare bones app, it can be used to foster connection where there is none in any situation. What what is the like coolest or like the thing the like use of it that it, like gets you most excited or, or like, or like that you're most proud of? Yeah, too. yeah. 
Um, I definitely think UCLA Hospital is really, really cool yeah. because um, I didn't even realize that you can use the app to coordinate shifts um, for medical professionals. On top of that, there are some pretty huge conferences that are using it to kind of connect people with different um, topic interests. Like, mm-hmm. they'll set up events like, this table is talking about this topic, this table is yeah. talking about this topic, and so it's helping people find friends who have an interest that they already share. That's insane. Wow. So, like... It's sort of like almost grown into networking too. Yeah, yeah. And so at my school, we kind of adopted that and we started a lot of lunch events where um, different clubs could host different table events. So like at this table over here, we're talking about social justice. And at this Mm. table over here, we're talking about um, like the Gay Straight Alliance and what they're doing for the next year. And so clubs could partner with Sit With Us and kind of create their own conversation table. Mm. Mm. So going off that a little bit, like where do you see where do you see it going in the next like I don't know while you're at Stanford or or beyond? So um, my number one goal is that any person anywhere in the world could pull out their phone and access this tool if they need it. But that is pretty rough. Um, right now we're working on translating it into different languages, and we're about to release in Spanish, French, and Portuguese. That's so wow. exciting! So that's exciting. Holy- Congratulations on that. That's amazing. We're in eight different countries right now, but um, we would love to expand beyond that. But data collection law is really tricky. So we're trying to get lawyers on it, trying to figure out. um, Wow, but you're you're like hiring lawyers for this. That's insane. But we've been getting requests from like South Korea and Mm -hmm. Morocco and all these really insane countries who I never even realized um, could benefit from this. How do you manage this while being a full time student? Um, it's a lot of phone calls in between classes, answering emails whenever I can. Um, I did a ton of work before I left L.A., speaking at schools, getting programs started there. So now I'm trying to move my efforts to the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. I don't have classes on Fridays this quarter, so I've been using oh, every single God, Friday to go speak at a different school. Wow. Um, and get a program started. What's been, like, the best experience you've had speaking at a school then? Um, this past season, we partnered with Hollister and Khalid, and we did a lunchtime event at a school where um, I got to talk to the kids, and then we brought Khalid out as a surprise, and he got to sing a couple songs and hand out free stuff, and just seeing how excited the that's kids so were sick. was that's wild. really amazing. Oh my god, that's so sick. Like, you made that happen. That is so f***ed up. Um, isn't Hollister, like, kind of problematic? Like, the close... Didn't they do some weird <laughs> They, like... They tried to I sue. Can't keep up with the, they tried to so. sue the town of Hollister, California, for copyright infringement. Oh, for real? That's really which funny. is wild. <laughs> That's savage because they named themselves after the town. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyways, like, do you see it potentially being used at Stanford? Because like, I'm just thinking about this now. Like, I would totally use this to like line up my schedules with my friends. You know? Yeah, I think it could be really helpful to, as you said, line up class schedules or to meet other people with similar interests or even for like the greek system with rush or that kind of thing oh shit. speaking of speaking of that are you this is like you don't have to answer this you don't want to but are you are you involved in greek life yeah i am do you think that it do you think that greek life has elements of bullying i have heard a lot of horror stories um i'm pretty kind of early in the days of my sorority and so far everyone is still being really really nice to everyone and so i've been really lucky but i have heard a lot of stories about especially the ones that are housed that have a lot of um, exclusion, even uh-huh. within the house, and cliques that form. Mm. Um, so I think that anyone could really benefit from kind of being more mindful of the people around them. And what do you think, like, more more broadly, like, are ways to effectively deal with bullying, like, or, like, however bullying manifests, like, in, in college? It's a lot harder in college. Um, I don't really know how to deal with the larger community because my high school was remarkably small. Mm. And so um, it's kind of hard when 
you don't know everyone around you, and so you can't really reach out to someone that you don't know because you don't really know their situation. But I think that if everyone kind of was more mindful of the people around them and made more of an effort to include those who are excluded, especially in smaller groups like a dorm or in a friend group, I think that could have a huge, profound impact. You got to be a bro, not a bully. Yeah. Exactly. Be a bro, not a bully. Yeah. <laughs> um, last week we did an episode on insecurity, and I was really curious about, like, how much of bullying do you think is due to, like, people's own insecurities versus, like, trying to project, like, strength or other stuff, too? That's a great question. I think, yeah, that is a great question. I think that bullying completely has to do with insecurity. A lot of my bullies in middle school I had never met before. I had no idea who they were. I was just four feet tall and shy and a really easy target, and these people were projecting their own insecurities and their own frustrations onto me, and that's why it happened. Um, I don't think that anyone who's really happy with their situation Mm -hmm. would become a bully, and so I think that um, bullies are damage too and they deserve help and resources and a friend to lean on as well we ask all of our all of our guests um what is your hottest take i think the one that i get i'm so excited i'm, I'm so <laughs> yeah excited. I get the we've most been hyped for. up for this one um i really hate chocolate what all right get out get out <laughs> and i get i was, so, I was actually everyone. so Thank excited you. for that <laughs> That that's just wait. What, like, is your, what is your rationale? You just don't like the taste. I just I don't know. I don't get the hype. I don't think it's that great. You don't get I don't the hype. You don't get the hype. Out. Yeah, people really will end friendships with me over this. You know what? I'm about to end this. Interview yeah, over I'm about to end this. <laughs> over this. Well, it's been nice knowing no, you guys. No. Um, <laughs> I think I think we need to dig deeper here. Like, what was there like some negative experience with chocolate? Like, did you eat a lot of chocolate at like a really like negative time in your life? Like. Is there, like, we need to work through? I think like, we should do a psych study on this. Yeah, we're going to do a psych study on why Natalie Hampton does not like chocolate. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I'm letting anyone down. Is, there, anyone like, down. is it all flavors? Like, have you ever, like, white chocolate also? White chocolate's fine. I just... It's fine. It's <laughs> incredible. It's a miracle of Wait, life. what about dark chocolate? Oh, definitely not. What about milk chocolate? Medium. So your colorist about chocolate. Oh, oh all right, all right. We don't have to go into that seriously. Um, that's crazy. That might be one of the hottest takes. That is a I've hot heard. take. Yeah, um, it is my hottest take. Because <laughs> I love chocolate. I eat so much chocolate. Loki, I do too. We we went on a hike this weekend, and uh, we're both like allergic to peanuts, which is like, a, or are you allergic to peanuts? Or yeah, peanuts? I'm allergic yeah. to nuts, yeah. But it's, it's like a weird coincidence between the two of us. And like, there's It's not like, a coincidence, it's how we met. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, but like, we, there's <laughs> this like one like chocolate company called Vermont Nut Free Chocolates. Ooh, their stuff is that good. That we're both like Shut up, Vermont with. Nut Free Chocolates. <laughs> we should try to get sponsored by them. Loki. Wait. Loki. Yes. Um, but it's like the best. You know what? We, we gotta bring her some Vermont Nut Free Chocolates. You know what? That's the best chocolate. Maybe ever. it'll Wait. change my mind. The next time you're in my dorm, text me I have some Vermont Nut Free Chocolates in my dorm, and your life will change. Because they're like these eggs, right, and they got crispy rice in them. And so mm. it's like this crunch, and then chocolate, <laughs> and then more crunch. And, like, it's not it's not too dark, so you won't, you like, we won't start you off too fast. But, like, slowly you will be converted. <laughs> I think that people, like, aren't going to even look into sit with us at all now. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us. Thank it's, you for having yeah, me. Yeah, really, really appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's been so much fun chatting with you. Um, any last words that you'd, you'd like to, to say to people out there? Um, if you want to check out Sit With Us, we're at www.sitwithus.io, and we have a free welcome packet on how to get started and free flyers and posters you can download, so check it out. I right, bet. Yeah. Natalie Hampton, everyone. Thank you so much. I'll never stop trying.
Someone to listen and fix it temporarily. Oh, we can stand up and fight for the life we built. Love will always save us, love will always win. All right, Natalie Hampton, everyone. That was awesome. Um, we are we are quickly running out of time on this episode. Um, we were planning on doing like all that general sh we said before the interview, after the interview, and then we said it, and it was awesome. I said it and I meant it. I said it and I a meant it. An elephant is faithful, one hundred percent. That's from Doctor Seuss. Oh yeah, Horton hears the who. Yeah, b I'm intellectual. Um, okay. <laughs> Citing your um, sources. So we only have a couple minutes, but... Um, what are um, your big takeaways from that? Dude, I literally just said you should go first. Damn it, I just said you should go first. No, I said you should go first first. Though. No, I said first, first, no, first. No, no, you literally didn't. I literally said it first. Okay, here's my takeaway. Yeah. I feel like one of my big takeaways from that interview was that bullying just gets a lot less identifiable as you get older. Oof. That's a good one. And like, Say more. I don't know, I... I feel like in, like, this year adult world, we talk a lot about, um, like, how hard it is to, like, identify. Like, I, I think a really good example is emotional manipulation in relationships. Mm. I think that's one that, like, gets, it just sits for a while, you know? Like, anytime, anytime there's, like, a situation like that. I think that's a really good example. I think another one is, like, power dynamics and friendships. And I feel like also work, like school or workplace situations that like are heavily involved with power dynamics right like it just gets so much more subtle yeah. so much less like you're uglier i'm gonna beat you up on the playground yeah no i completely agree it's 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 interesting like i think that's definitely something we realize like especially it's a lot less obvious at stanford than it is like somewhere else you know right or that or than it is when you're younger definitely mm -hmm. yeah um i think one of my big takeaways and like this might be seem basic to some people but i actually think it's like pretty worth mentioning is that like bullying 
like the onus for bull for like stopping bullying and like the blame for bullying lies in like a lot of places. It doesn't just lie with the bully, right? Mm-hmm. Like we talked a little bit with Natalie about like the bystander effect. Yeah. Uh, we also talked to her about like the the insecurity effect. Like a lot of and one thing we were talking about earlier is like bullies often come uh, or are like as a result of like being bullied themselves. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like bu- bullying is a mu- I, maybe it's just as simple as like bullying is much more complicated than than like it is on the surface. Yeah. You know, it's not just stopping like uh, like one kid from beating up another kid. It's like it's figuring out what are the sources of of that bullying. Like how do you make bystanders and upstanders? How do you uh, like help people if they're like being victims? Like it's just it's so f-ing complicated. Right. And I feel like oftentimes like largely due to media potentially. Um, we, we make it seem a lot more simple than it is. That's so true. And I think especially, like, media especially, and the other example I'm thinking of is, like, ele- I don't know if y'all have, like, those elementary school units on bullying and, like, I statements and all that shit, right? Like, is that like that? Wait, like, when you do this, it makes me feel this way, like, uh-huh. type of thing, right? And, like, I feel like the big thing that was missing from there is, like, just putting it in context. Like, I feel like if as, like, a fourth or fifth grader, I understood, like, this person is saying these things to me because they're probably, like, A, have some sort of going on at home or be like don't know how to feel themselves right and like just like a strategy to like like a more concrete strategy to like take that head on as a kid versus just yeah. like knowing it and like being able to maybe give yourself a little bit of comfort but not not really having it like impact you in any yeah. way because I, I mean i feel like there were a lot of situations when i was a kid where like i i probably would have wanted to like i had the desire i had the fire in me to like stand up to a bully or like right. or, like become an upstander but i just didn't do it because i know how to you know yeah. And like, there were times when I did it, but that's only because it was obvious how. Right. It yeah. was like, like, if you see someone about to be someone else, like, it's easy to step in. But, like, if you yeah. see, like, someone constantly just, like, and I think this is really true for adult life, too. Like, if you see, like, a relationship that's, like, slowly, like, steering into, like, that, like, sort of manipulative territory, like, yeah, how I think, it's so hard to step in. I think we can just do, I think, I think I might have just solved bullying right now. Okay. Hot take. No, this is my hot take. Um. Title of this episode I think Sammy any time any time that we see the or not bullying but like a way to make up bystanders and upstanders when we see anything that p- potentially resembles bullying or anything that like is obviously bullying or like might be bullying or might be emotional manipulation we should just look at the we should just look at the perpetrator and just be like really bro really yeah yes and yes then, I and like then, this a lot and then they'd either be like yeah really and like in that case they're like Maybe they're not being a bully. Maybe they're, they're maybe they're obviously being a bully, but like their response could dictate like how you'd act. And if they're right. like they're like, no, you're right, bro. Like, like really, that was, like that I shouldn't was be doing that. Like, I'm sorry, and then like go give them a hug. If we all just treat each other like bros, and we call each other out when, by saying "really, bro," I think we could solve bullying. So, listeners, that is your challenge for this week: treat your fellow human beings like bros. And we're not talking about whatever old bullshit. The media will have you believe is the true definition. Oh of no, no, we no. are talking about. Uh-uh, uh-uh. But all the words that Sammy said earlier, like compassionate, both like embracing masculine and feminine, being your best self, bringing others up. Bring that up. is my challenge to you all for this week. Wait, wait, but but like, to make it very concrete, the challenge is when you see something that might resemble bullying or something that's just like making somebody feel bad. Just look at the perpetrator and just be like, really, bro? Yeah, really. Do that. And then you can tell about the podcast. Yeah. I mean, if, I mean, there's a, there's, 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 like, if, you, if you have time, like, just go for it. Yeah, go for yeah, it. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Natalie, for, for joining yeah, us. thank Shout you, Natalie. Natalie. It is the time for...
the hot takes. What? Oh my god, that's crazy. All right. Um, Mind blown. I'm excited. Um, I have a very hot take. Sammy previewed his, and I'm gonna be angry. They're so I, they're be ready. they're both like they're both good. Um, good is relative, and in my mind, it means bad. <laughs> in the context of these two hot takes. No, I'm only sharing one of them. Oh. One of them is I'll save for another day. Okay. I, like I feel like I'm gonna share the more original one. Okay. Okay. My hot take this week is the food of green beans. I'm saying I'm saying in the in the food category because mm-hmm. Natalie shared a, a, a just a terrible hot take. That was brutal. But I'm still sad about that. one. I, I appreciated the, how, how how much of a hot take it was. Um, green beans, the food of green beans, are incredibly underappreciated. Like Ooh. they are so. Just so good. Like, I'm thinking about eating green bean right now. Granted, I'm a little bit hungry. I'm but so hungry. Me too. I'm so hungry right now. But. It's it's 12.42 at night. <laughs> Neither of us have eaten dinner yet. Yeah. It's been a long day. It's been a good day, but a long day. Yeah. Um, but, like, just think about consuming green beans right now. A little bit of butter. Maybe a little bit of garlic. They're, they're grilled. They're sautéed. They're whatever you want. But it's just, like. Ah, green beans, especially if they're with like some meat and some rice. Oh my god, Ooh. I just I want to eat that so badly right now. You know what? I was gonna disagree with that, but I'm really hungry, so I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna agree with I'm that. I'm praying on the I week. I want some green beans. <laughs> I'm praying on the I week. I want all the green beans. Send some green beans to Stanford, California, please. I mean, maybe we can access some green beans tonight. There's yeah. definitely it's not another question. We can find the green beans. The green beans will find us. So, my, so I, just universally, I'd say that that we don't appreciate green beans enough. Like, how often do you have conversations with people where you're like? Where they're like, oh, I love green beans. Almost never. Whereas that's a conversation you know that should be occurring really actually at least once a month. Raw green beans are actually fire. <sighs> they're not nearly as good as cooked ones. That's fair. I, I would I would agree with that. But raw bean green raw that's such a hard word to say. No, nope, raw, really raw green beans. 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 Not hard to say. Raw green beans are really good. Yeah, I agree. And I'm they're actually not as good as cooked green beans though. I'm actually gonna change my hot take this week. Oh my Which god. Which is that This is very rare. This is rarely this is very rare. I had a hot take all lined up. I told Sammy about it. He told me it was stupid, which is how it normally goes. Honestly, it's pretty dumb. Like it's true, but it's dumb. It's not a hot take, it's a cold take. You're a cold person. No, dude. I have so much warmth inside Aww. of me. I love you, bro. I love you too. That was pretty warm. Um my hot take for this week is that cooked vegetables are overrated and raw vegetables are underrated. And that we should be eating more raw vegetables and less cooked vegetables. Why and I though? stand Why by though? that. Because think about it, right? Like, have you had raw broccoli versus cooked broccoli? Dude, raw broccoli is not Objectively better. No. Raw broccoli is objectively better oh than cooked God. broccoli. It's so not true. I mean, think about cooked it. Right? Like, so good, Bell dude. peppers. Bell, raw bell peppers have that crunch. Bell peppers raw are really good. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, dude, I totally agree on bell peppers, for sure. But it's a case-by-case basis. But like, generalizing, bro. I am generalizing, but like raw carrots, fire, right? Cooked carrots, fire, no, bro. No, cooked carrots are trash. Cooked carrots, carrots are so... about the crunch. Carrots no. are about the crunch. No. I want carrots. I'm hungry. Cooked carrots are so good, dude. No, I just want a bag, not even of baby carrots. I just want like one of those giant carrots, and I want to peel it, and I want to slice off the ends, and I want to eat it like a f- bunny. I don't know. I, as hungry as I am, that doesn't sound that appetizing. <laughs> are you kidding? Right it's yeah. the best feeling because like cooked carrots, like you have to be all civilized and like eat it with a fork and stuff. Raw carrots, you can just like break off chunks and go like ah, like it's fun. Shouts out raw carrots. I think you're toxically masculine in a weird way right now. You're like <laughs> you're like toxically vegan, ma- like toxically like vegetarian masculine right now. I'm you're a, a vegetarian bro right now. I'm actually living. <laughs> this is funny because I'm actually I'm I'm still gonna eat meat, but I'm living in a vegetarian co-op next year. Oh really? 
Oh, I'll call him back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe that's maybe they've like polluted my mind. I'm it's okay. Go I'm living two doors down. I'm a, gonna be. In a fr- I'm living two doors down in a in a fraternity that <laughs> eats almost exclusively meat. So I will so. be visiting you a lot and eating a lot of your meat. I will be visiting you a lot too when I need to decompress. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that about does it for this week. Go out, eat some. Rock. I just realized we have to do PSAs and promo. Oh. Dude, actually, I was so looking forward to going. We're going I want food. We're getting food after this, and I was yeah. so looking forward. Okay, let's just get this over with. Okay, it's time for PSAs and promos. PSAs and promo times. Mondays at 6 p.m., KZSU broadcasts Palo Alto City Council meetings live. This is your opportunity to witness government in action. Yeah, most important uh, facet of our government is the Palo Alto, <laughs> the Palo Alto City, City Council. Council. I mean, it actually is pretty important. Like, I was at, you remember that park you went to yesterday? It was like the most f***ed up thing. They only let in Palo Alto. Oh my God, like, that's so present stupid. ID. That was the dumbest sh- We still got in. We, we still s- got we in. We schemed our we way in the nest. Stanford IDs came in handy. And gain a better understanding of local issues that could impact you, like whether the local parks will let you in or not. Your host... Vince Larkin is always along for the ride uh, to help you make sense of some of the steps in the process uh, that you may not be familiar with. That's Palo Alto City Council broadcast every Monday evening at 6 on KZSU, Stanford. Inspired by his upcoming tours to Mexico and Colorado, Ragazzi Boys Chorus presents a concert entitled Flight. Flight has an exclamation point at the end, in case you couldn't tell from the intonations in my voice. I can tell. I'm, I'm glad. Featuring music that celebrates flying free, the stars, airplanes, and bees. Flight. Dude, you know music that celebrates the sky? There's that song from um, High School Musical where it's like, You're soaring, we're flying. There's not a star in heaven that we can't reach. You know that song? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dude, oh my God. I put this in a Slack channel that I'm in recently um, with like some of my friends. And I asked people, I was like, yo, like, who wants to, like... Also, who uses Slack to communicate with your friends? Dude, I do. It's so, I, Honestly, I will tell you about Slack all day. It's oh, so... Slack. Dude, it's Slack. Slack. I hate Slack. I love Slack. Slack is terrible. No, Slack is amazing. Okay. But anyways, I put in a Slack channel. I was like, who wants to watch High School Musical with me? And about 10 people responded that they wanted to. So that that's an upcoming uh, adventure for me this week. Oh, uh, yeah. Because we're going to do a High School Musical marathon. Yes. We love it. I also just like... That <laughs> we interrupted this PSA with something that please, was way longer continue. with the PSA. Flight will be presented on June 9th at 5 p.m. at Araga High School's Performing Arts Center in San Mateo. Tickets and information are available at vergazi.org. That's flight, everyone. Do you live for sports? I do. Stanford sports? Pro sports? Michigan sports. Michigan sports. Okay, no one cares. You. Uh, any kind of sports? Then you can't miss Sports Zoo, the exclusive. <coughs> I just got some shit in my throat. You good. <laughs> the exclusive sports talk show of KZSU. Robert Aguayo analyzes and discusses a variety of current sports events and opens the lines for callers to share their opinions and perspectives. If it has anything to do with the world of sports, Roberto um, will be talking about it on KZSU Sports Zoo every Tuesday from 9 until 10 p.m. Uh, right here on the station for Stanford Sports, KZSU. Loki, I feel like 9 to 10 p.m. is a really good showtime. Yeah. Because, like, who's 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 like out on a Tuesday night, you know? Right. It's like everyone's like chilling. You're in, like, you're made, it's like just post dinner. You're like, you know what? I want to listen to KZSU Sports. And then you do it. Exactly. 
versus Thursdays from one to two when you're like at work. No, no, no. You, Thursdays no, at one to two. Bro, is a great it's time. a great spot. We get it's, it's the best spot. No, I'm it's like, a, it's the best spot. Shout out to Mark Lawrence for giving us that spot. And shout out to all our listeners out there. Yeah. Like I was just thinking about this the other day. Like honestly, like. We've been we've been getting hella listeners lately, and like it, it really like just warms my heart. Like I just get so it warms no, my you don't soul. need to go to statistics, okay? Um, I just get like the the point the point is like I don't need to go to the statistics because every individual listener matters so much to us. Wow, that sounded so fake. Hey, f- you cut that out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, what but what I'm saying is like it's just the fact that like anybody takes the time to like listen to us, like say random sh- like means so much to me, and I just really appreciate everyone out there. Yeah. So if you want to hear from, hear more from us, uh, please feel free to follow us on Instagram. Oh my God. Everything <laughs> is a plug with you, I swear. No, it's not, dude. <laughs> I, I'm sorry for like plugging our Instagram. Follow us on Instagram at reallybropod. Uh, would mean a lot. Thanks so much. For and that. it's got an interactive component. DM us your feedback and ideas you'd like to see us talk about. Thank you so much for for growing out with us today. Um, I just want to leave you with the the idea that like. Being a bro is really about being an upstander, especially when it comes to bullying. Um, and I think that's something we could all get better about. I know I personally could get like so much better about it. Um, so I just want to re- reiterate the challenge of when you see something going on, just just look at look at a perpetrator and just say, "Really, bro?" And if if they uh, if they continue to do it, then just ask them again. <laughs>
Had a beautiful mind, so I spoke it. The limelight took my time, took my focus. I finally made it to the orchard, guess I'll smoke it. I fit the world in my hand and it broke it. I'm just living the dream, living the dream while I'm waking up. Living the dream, living the dream.